When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain with you, and we are celebrating three years of the podcast. And when I say we, I mean we, because I've got with me Chad Cruz. Chad! Yes. It's a big show. It is a big show. And when you say we, you don't mean just like you and me. You mean like we, like the 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 royal we. Or oh, yeah. Like all of us. All air, of us. All the regulars. All. Because we've also got the toy man, Chris Petrillo, back with us. Hello, folks. Ready for a big show that's so big it should be called the Paul White Podcast. Oh, my. Please. And then <laughs> we have rounding it up. To number four, Ryan Campbell back as well. Ryan, welcome back. What's going on? I only came because Toy Man promised he'd send me one of those ultimate referee figures that they have at the oh, figures toy company. No. Oh, look at that. A little bit of audio extortion here. I like it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Figurestoycompany.com. Uh, you know, let's talk before we get into our topic of the day. Uh, let's talk a little Bulletproof Gladiators because, Chris, it is your brainchild. Uh, that came up with this concept and you absolutely suck at it. That's true. <laughs> I have created Frankenstein's monster. Uh, really? You are two or seven and or two, yeah, two and seven. Yeah, no, I wish I was seven. You can, you can flip flop that. No, that's Ryan, Cam- Ryan Campbell is seven and two. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. That's... And very shocking that some of the bigger action stars uh, in the most mainstream blockbuster movies are not the ones bringing in the points. You know, it's been a lot of the old reliables, at least in my case, guys like Michael Dudikoff and Chad Michael Collins pulling points. Uh, You know, Bulletproof Action has a very strong foundation uh, built by Cannon Bricks. Yes. And uh, they if you've got any kind of Cannon blood in you, you're very likely going to be a top performer uh, on the site. Yeah, the root the roots of this website go deep and the deeper you go, the more canon stars you find down there plugging away which is ironic because i'm as anti-mainstream as it gets you know me i like the bottom of the barrel to the best of the b movies so just you know i probably shot myself in the foot choosing guys like jason statham and samuel l jackson you yes you did and meanwhile some of us had the smarts to draft charles bronson 987 points last week I'll tell you what. So I I have beaten everybody I'm at the top. The only person I have not beaten is Chris the Brain. In the two meetings that we've played, my two losses. No, you beat me once. You beat me once. We've played three times each now. Oh, we've played. Three so times. the first time you the beat only me. beat me. Yes. But I yeah the next two I have yeah I'm the only one who can claim victory as of right now over Ryan Campbell and the Rogue Squadron. But that could change because later in the show, at the end of the show, we are going to uh, do a little supplemental mid-season draft and maybe make some cuts and i got a big cut to make 
just going to put that out there. A hook to get you to keep tuning in because uh, I got somebody I'm giving the ax to and I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you're going to if you're going to let someone go, make it as dirty and as filthy and just make it messy and sloppy and we want this person to just never get over the fact that you dropped them. I'm going to do my best. Are I'm we talking about the draft or some of my old relationships? Okay. See that it it's it works both ways. I'm interested it, if we're going to get any feedback on Twitter from those that we've dropped. Like we aren't. We aren't. <laughs> but uh, it would we be won't. interesting if we did. Uh, yeah, you're right. But uh, before we get into anything else, let's talk about a bulletproofaction.com. We encourage you to go check it out each and every day. And uh, Ryan Campbell, I know you're going to be uh, wrapping up your Andor coverage as the month progresses here. Uh, yeah, we're down to like the last three episodes, I believe. That That's show right. is still going on tomorrow, which will be so the, the the show's mainly been broken up into kind of like mini arcs, and tomorrow will be the finale, I guess, of of one of the arcs. And then, the hey, last do you know do you know who had an arc? Uh, Noah. Yes. All right. Uh, and another show that's wrapping up is Chucky. Uh, and uh, I know, Chris, you've been glued to your TV watching Chucky every week and going to be uh, giving your season two recap a little bit later on in the month. I believe on Black Friday, no less. Yeah, we are going to end November and uh, kick off the Christmas season with a recap of the full season. I already covered episode one. That review is already up on bulletproofaction.com as we speak. And it has been quite an interesting season with the way that the uh, cult of Chucky has uh, bled into the storyline with the variety of killer dolls running amok. Yeah, the steroid Chucky was is pretty awesome. That was uh, that was very interesting. I, I especially enjoyed the fight that kicked off the beginning of last week's episode. And Chad Cruz, you have yes. got a brand new movie on tap for us. A very with one of our favorites, the one and the only Casper Van Dien. Yeah, man, that's near and dear to my heart and uh, his greatest film ever. Just celebrated a birthday just just yesterday. Along and with you, Chad Cruz. Happy belated birthday. Thank to you. To our beloved founder, hey. Chad Cruz. I'm older. I'm wiser. I'm more handsome and getting getting more handsome every day. But uh, speaking of handsome, Casper Van Dien, yeah, he does oh. have a new film coming out called Battle of Saipan or Battle for Saipan. And uh, I will tell you this: I watched the trailer for it, and Mr. Brain, you sent me the uh, the, uh, the screener, and yep. I was very excited. And I have to say that I did I sampled a bit. Okay. I, I I haven't watched the whole thing yet because I'm not due to write about it for a couple several days here, a couple weeks. Right. Why? You so, know, we may as well. It's it's the 21st that it hits. So I, I expect you to be watching it on uh, the twentieth. The twentieth at midnight, about eleven fifty-eight. Yeah, into so I've day. I've sampled it. I've watched a little bit bits and pieces here and there, and uh, it's right in my wheelhouse. Let's put yeah. it that way. Oh, I knew it would be. And you know, number one, you, you love Casper. Number two, you love this the 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 uh, content of this film. It's, it's sure in, as you said. So yeah, it's good for you. And then. On Thanksgiving, we are going to have a very special tribute to the music of Rocky. I'm wow. very excited about that. Uh, so I'll be harassing some people to get some feedback on that. I uh, will thank Mr. Matt Spector for already filling out his list. And I've got mine done. And we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, we are going to pay tribute to Rocky. And he deserves it. 
And I know Chris would be excited because Sylvester Stallone is on his team. At least he is as of right now. That's your, oh, a nice another hook for the end of the show. Very good. And let me tell you, he has made some stupid ass decisions this season, folks. So he could conceivably <laughs> cut Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. He shouldn't have told him that Rocky post was coming out. God damn it. I, I know. Well, I try to be fair. And, you know, you could tell us whatever you'd like to tell us on social media. We are at Bulletproof Action on Instagram, and we got some love there from uh, our friend Casper and Jason Gedrick, Doug Masters himself. So if they're if they could take the time to give us some love on Instagram, so can you folks. So, again, at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and on Facebook and at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter. And guys, I think uh, we have filibustered long enough and I'm going to throw it to commercial. And when we come back, we are going to be talking all things Punisher. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, the Toy Man, Christy Petrillo, and Ryan Campbell back here on the Bulletproof Podcast. This is episode 80. We are celebrating the third anniversary of the podcast, and we are doing so by talking all things Punisher. And Chad, on our very first episode, we counted down Dolph Lundgren's top 10 movies with our good friend RTG. Mm -hmm. And one of the movies on that list, without a doubt, was 1989's The Punisher, which happens to be my favorite of the Punisher movies. Okay. Well, you know what? I I can't fault you for that. I think it's a a wonderful selection. And and at certain times, I'm on that same bandwagon to say that the 89 Punisher is the best. And other times, I I shift to a different film. But uh, you you certainly can't fault you for, for thinking that. I mean, it has almost everything that you would want in a Punisher film. Almost. And I, I say almost because we all know what's missing in the film. Yeah. Uh, the logo uh, is not present other than on the knife handles. Uh, yes. Punisher does not wear the logo and that bothers a lot of people. And I can understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that little tidbit clouds, like they've just discount the entire movie then, which is completely unfair. It is unfair because there's a couple of things that it has in spades. And one, one is uh, extreme violence, yes. which, you know, you would expect a Punisher to kill lots of bad guys. He kills uh, 125. He, he, that is a lot. Uh, he's very diverse in his killings, too. He kills uh, Italian mafia. He kills Japanese uh, Yakuza. He kills he kills about every gang member that you could put, you know possibly kill. Um, and he's basically at war with not any person in specific, you know, specific in particular, he kills all criminals. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And you know, if I had a short answer as to why I felt this is the best of the Punisher, that answer would be, it features Lewis Gossett Jr. Uh, He is, he is the former partner of uh, 
Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher, and he's now the head of the Punisher Task Force, and he is the one who has the theory that he thinks Frank is still alive and killing everybody. And, you know, who better to know him than his, his partner and his friend? Uh, but, I mean, if I had to expand on that, I would say it just, I think the entire movie, just all the characters are good. The Yakuza lady is creepy and evil. All the mob yeah. guys are there. There's even kids in this movie, and they don't ruin it. And that's always a, a telltale sign of a, a great action movie. Christy Petrillo, I know you've seen this movie. You're I fine. have seen it. I own it. I am a fan of it, even though it's a hashtag not my Punisher. You know, <laughs> as a, a young comic book fan, I was really looking forward to thinking that this would be something akin to what I had gotten used to with the Batman movies or even, you know, the old Hulk TV show. And it was not, but it was still Dolph Lundgren. It was still Dolph Lundgren and Lou Gossett Jr. It was still Dolph Lundgren killing a lot of people. And for that, it has my eternal praise and love. And thank you, because yeah, Dolph Lundgren is an excellent Punisher. And I should have mentioned that when I was expounding upon the virtues of this film. Ryan Campbell, have you uh, ever seen this one? I have not seen this one. No, this is no, the I've one fa- I've failed in the you, lineup I have not seen. So I will have I've to check it out. You're, you're giving it a reading endorsement. I have failed you once again. Uh, and you know, this one never was in theaters here in the U S it did have it. It was just in the, the video stores. And the reason for that Chad is due to the poor box office of red scorpion, which also deserves some love, but you know, yeah. I could see why maybe people didn't rush out to the theater to see that one. I, yeah, you could totally see why red scorpion didn't explode, uh, with, with the masses, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie, just like Red Scorpion is, but but the Punisher has a little more going for it. Like you said, uh, Lou Gossett Jr., right on brand for you that you love him. But uh, it it has that gritty feel to it. The Punisher, like he's like in a he's in a sewer and he's just like meditating naked, naked. Yeah, just thinking That's about the all the people he's killed and all the people he's lost. Um, yeah, there's no like side story where he's like befriending a homeless man or well, there is a homeless man, but he uses him essentially for his own gain. But I don't know. It's he's, there's no, like he's uh, a homeless thespian. Yes. He's very good too. Yes. Again, another great, like the, all the characters are good. There's not a lot of wasted time in this film. No. That's how I'm t- what I'm trying to say. No. And I mean, the Punisher, as far as superheroes are concerned is the most action movie friendly superhero where it just, I mean, it, if you didn't know it was a comic book, you could just you just be like, "Is this another vigilante movie? A very right. good vigilante movie." And he doesn't need relationships to to f- push the film forward. He just kills criminals. That's all you need to do. It's like a video game. It's like it's like playing Double Dragon. You just move to the right until you can't <laughs> move anymore. Which is the Punisher film? He just kills guys until he gets to a bigger boss, kills him, then gets to the biggest boss and kills him. Yeah, the little amusement park. He's all over the place killing. Yeah. The the, the uh, Yakuza headquarters. It's, it's beautiful. And he gets the Indiana Jones scene where, you know, he goes into that dojo and he steps off the elevator or whatever and he just, they all like turn around looking at him. He just wastes him with a machine gun. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes is where uh, Jake is escapes being captured and eats a piece of pizza. That's class. That's classic. That's Louis Gossett Jr. That's what he brings to the table. The great Chappie Sinclair. And that was not scripted, I don't believe. I doubt it. He just does it because he's he's cool. He loves I mean, he's pizza, a freaking, too. He's an Oscar winner. 
He does. He took Doug Masters to the pizza place when they See? were planning the mission to go to Billiad to save Colonel Ted Masters. And, and, you know, Doug Masters, our good friend, really good friend, Jason um, Gedrick. Oh, Jason Gedrick. You don't know how warm my heart became when I uh, got that uh, message from Jason Gedrick on the Bulletproof Action. You know, I, I do Instagram. think that Jason, Jason Gedrick is available in the Bulletproof Gladiators draft. So He would be available. Yes, he is. No, no one drafted him. He hasn't been in that many action films, but he's been in some, obviously, including one of my all-time favorites, Iron Eagle. And partially an Iron Eagle too, so there's that. Do we do we know why? Is it like was it a licensing deal? What was what was the reasoning behind why they didn't go with the logo? I can't imagine. It's it wasn't. Like- it was not. He, the director, even stated like that's the one thing, and he didn't think there was going to be that huge of a backlash. He didn't want to put him in the spandex outfit, which I can understand that because yeah, I get that. the hell's running around wearing spandex in the city, but. Uh, but yeah, that's the one thing he regrets. And I think they've added it to like on the cover, like on his jacket. And it's like, that's yeah. all it really would have taken was like a patch on his freaking jacket. And probably would have shut a lot of people up. But uh, no, I mean, everybody was on Stan Lee was involved. Everybody was involved. It was it just for whatever reason, it was a, a artistic decision not to go with it. I think since they took him out of the outfit, they just didn't think to incorporate the logo. What's interesting yeah. is even what? 15 years later, almost when they were making X-Men, they still wouldn't do spandex suits and went with the, le- the black leather. So they still put an X though on it and stuff. Like, I mean, I can understand it. Like if you were going for a more subtle, like character driven movie and you wanted to get away from kind of like imageries and logos, but it's not, I mean, it, it's a, if it's, if it's a balls out action film, like it's just a unique choice. I, it was a completely different time too when it comes to comic book movies and merchandising and licensing. So, yes, very early on in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it really wasn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. But uh, yeah, I, I think another problem with it is people will lump it this one in Chris with Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and uh, Captain which America. Which I actually love Captain America. I like. Oh, I love that early '90s Captain America, and I've said it before: the Fantastic Four. That's technically a film that should have never seen the light of day. Is the best film iteration of the Fantastic Four. That's still one I need to check out. Uh, Not exactly saying much, but (laughs) it's not. But you could tell it was made with love. I mean, you know, we love canon films, and Roger Corman's probably the runner-up as far as getting the most out of his low-budget money. And uh, you know, you could tell that there were people that were actually comic fans and Fantastic Four fans that put some effort into that film, as opposed to the uh, three blockbusters. The two with Chris Evans as the Human Torch, not bad, kind of like Weekend Afternoon, Mindless Entertainment, but that one they tried about five years ago, oof, that was a dog. That was just terrible. I don't know that, what that was, but it was not the Fantastic Four, and it wasn't even anything interesting. That's the one didn't that didn't have you... a terrible first act. I remember kind of being into it, and then they, it just gives up, but yeah. And that, that's the kind of movie you find it at the Dollar Tree and you don't even buy it because it's not worth it. That's true. If that movie ever pops up in a Dollar Tree haul, I will not be purchasing that one. And that is a fact. And Chad Cruz just had an impressive Dollar Tree haul. I you did. shared that with me earlier today. While we're talking Dollar Tree, let's talk Dollar Tree. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I try to sneak out to a Dollar Tree every, every once in a while. I was with my daughter and I, I just so happened to go into a – a Dollar Tree that I don't normally go into, and, and I found uh, four different films, uh, actually five. One's a double feature, but uh, I'll start with that one. 
little Sabotage and Killer Elite double feature disc. Nice. Uh, got Posse with uh, our buddy Mario Van Peebles on Blue or on a DVD. Got the original Accident Man. Oh, uh, I have not found that one yet on DVD. Cool. It's got some good commentary tracks and stuff on it. And then I got a Blu-ray copy of The Wrath of Khan, which is the one I'm most excited for. That's a quality. That's, cool. that's my favorite Star Trek movie for sure. It's a good, yeah. For, well, if for tradition continues, there will be a, a Black Friday drop. I'll have to follow up on that one. But usually every year around Black Friday is when they get an abundance of movies. And most stores have been overflowing lately. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what pops up. Because I have scored uh, mostly mainstream movies actually lately. Uh, the, the original Purge. Hardcore Henry, Rampage with the Rock, found all of those in the past month or so on Blu-ray. Oh, wow. Those are good ones. All right. Well, Chad Cruz, you had uh, alluded to it earlier. 1989 Punisher was not your favorite, mm-hmm. but the 2004 version released on April the 16th is, and probably always will be at this point. Uh, tell us about it. Why do you love this one so much? Okay, so, you know, like I said, I've gone back and forth uh, several times over the years with the 89 version and the 2004 version. And I think what puts this one over the top for me is that it knows what it is. It is a Punisher comic book film. He wears the skull. Thomas Jane, to me, he doesn't, he's not as like tough as Dolph Lundgren. I don't think he's a better Frank Castle than Dolph Lundgren, but I think he's a very good Frank Castle, but he's also a very good Punisher because he looks the part. Uh, he has a, a, a very, very good background and all the weaponry that he uses throughout the film. We see him with bow and arrows and knives and machine guns and shotguns, but about everything you could think of. And uh, the movie also has uh, not a great villain, I think that the the main villain is what brings it down, but it has such a great scene with Kevin Nash that it's hard to look past that and say that, you know, the villains suck. So I don't know. It's got great soundtrack. I mean, yeah, that's Travolta hands it up it, hard it, as hell. Soundtrack is a time capsule of early two thousands rock. And Will Patton is, is about, he's almost as good like a, secondary bad guys you can get in any film every film he's in he makes it better and we talked about how good lewis goss jr is to prop that movie up i think will Patton does that in 2004's punisher too because every time he's on screen you're like waiting for him to like press the movie forward the story goes forward every time he's on screen because he's always pushing story and and it's just amazing and rebecca remain is you know she's a delight she's not naked but she's delightful well yeah that's you know, and Roy Scheider as a, as Frank Castle Senior. Nice little touch there at the beginning. He's a legend. He, he is. took on Jaws for God's sake. He did, and he won. Yeah, Brian Campbell. I know you've had to see this one. Yeah, definitely. So um, you also have a, a younger. There's some up and comers in this one too. You got Ben Foster in there as a, one of the henchmen, but he's done some some impressive roles as you know villains and things since then. But uh, I think this is probably my favorite on the movie front. I do agree with uh, Chad. I think that Thomas Jane, he's good as the everyman uh, Frank Castle. And I think I, that to me, that's a more interesting role is the the family man, the the everyman. 
that's just driven too far and then, you know, pushed over the edge. He has these skills, but probably never considered using them in this way until, you know, pushed too far by the corruption and, and crime that goes on in this community. So um, I feel like it could, it's, it's, it's almost interesting. I don't know if it's cause it's been so long that it's had a life on TV and stuff like that, but I almost had to go back and check and remember if it even had an R rating. Cause I feel like when I think about it, not overly graphic or violent or anything yeah. like that. I mean, obviously he's shooting, killing, blowing things up, but not to a degree that it really felt like, it was almost obscene as we'll allude to here in a few moments when we move to the next installment, but um, it could have had a little bit more, I think in that aspect, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Toy man, your thoughts. Uh, So this is the one that I refer to as Hollywood Punisher, because Mm. this one is very much meant to be an A-list Yay, it's for everybody. Thomas Jane is going to be gritty, but yet he's attractive. Like he was a little too pretty. Howard Saint, you know, you guys touched on it. He wasn't, he, you know, he's not an official Marvel character, which is fine. You know, if you want to invent someone for the movie, that's great. Um, the Kevin Nash character was a character from the books uh, of which this was based on. But Howard Saint was basically just a big pussy. And he had, you know, his numbnut son, who was like more of an antagonist than he was. Um, you know, like a lot of, you know, it, like you said, it, it feels like an early two thousands movie, the whole thing with blowing up the cars at the end and it's rigged to blow up. You know, we definitely got the logo in this film because in <laughs> case you didn't know guys, the Punisher loves skulls and he's going to blow up all these cars in the shape of a skull. Um, I mean, it's a fun movie. I don't hate the movie. I love the Punisher. The Punisher is one of my favorite characters. I've been reading the comic book for as long as I can remember, but this one it wasn't as gritty as the Dolph one and it gets blown away by the next one. Just saying. Oh, before you, we get there, where do you stack it up with kind of that early two thousands, uh, Marvel that isn't Spider-Man. So like, you know, the daredevil stuff like that. I, mean, I think it was an improvement on that, but there's kind of like this middle ground of you had your top tier ones that were obvious where they were. And then you had like the ones that were trying to kind of, capitalize that on what we kind of what we've seen now with you know they can throw any marvel character out right now and it it just is an instant hit they weren't able to do that back then with some of these other ones no see i so punisher and daredevil happen to come out within a year of each other and they're two of my all-time favorite characters i've been collecting comics since i was about four years old and i mean i was reading daredevil and the punisher even at a younger age even though they were kind of geared for a little bit more mature crowd the 2003 daredevil I enjoyed that film, even though it's super corny, like the whole seesaw battle when they're kind of like feeling each other out in the park and stuff like that. Um, That one is also a tremendous time capsule to the early (coughs) 2000s with the blue filter and, you know, Evanescence broke out because they were on the soundtrack. Soundtrack again, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and same thing with this Punisher. It's like they took a very hard-hitting, gritty story from the comics, like the scene with Kevin Nash and stuff, but kind of, you know freshened it up a bit like gave it a fresh coat of paint to make it appeal to all audiences and you know like i think they're fun movies they're watchable movies i own both of them i think the daredevil director's cut is better because it's an entirely different film you know you lost about like i think like 30 35 minutes of the original cut to get the theatrical release um but this punisher i mean just being an action fan i like the dolphin more for the action and as far as the action and staying true to the source material, that's why my favoritism goes towards the one that we're going to talk about. 
Chad Cruz, anything we missed on 2004 is the Punisher. <coughs> I'm just dying over here. Um, you know, I can't disagree with anything he says. It It, it is kind of a toned down, um, kind of pussyfied Punisher a little bit. He's he's badass, but he's... He, I, I think that the one thing you have in this movie that you don't have in the doll film is that he has these connections with like real people. Uh, and that's, you know, the welcome back, Frank, like that's like the storyline from the comics and it does weaken the character, I think a little bit, but, but the action certainly isn't as good as the 89 Punisher, but um, I will fight to the death and, and say that it's uh, a miles better than the 2008 Punisher Warzone piece of shit. Oh, oh, he's trying to get out ahead of it. Toyman yeah. was trying to get that segue in like three times and then. Chad just swooped in there yeah, and took it. Chad, Chad, that's what Chad does. December fifth. That's some blunt force trauma right there. Oh, dang! Uh, <laughs> December fifth, two thousand eight. Punisher Warzone came out. Ray Stevenson is as Frank Castle, the Punisher, and Toy Man. This has been something we've talked about probably since the early days of this podcast. That one day we'd have the great debate uh, between you and Chad because you love it so much, and as Chad just made it quite clear he thinks it's a piece of shit so toy man why is it not a piece of shit why is this your favorite why is it a great movie you know and i'm not even going to be one of those guys who's a stickler about being true to the source material i mean but this really is a garth ennis punisher comic book come to life it's not an origin story it's not trying to glam it up for hollywood i mean the director herself even talked about how the studio made her throw the parkour gang in the film because parkour was like the hot trend at the time. And she was like, yeah, I'll throw them in the film and then I'm going to immediately kill them off. And uh, the killing in the film, the action is just balls out, balls to the wall, done with gusto. We've got heads blowing off. Uh, Said member of the parkour gang is blown up with a rocket. Another is thrown off of the roof onto uh, an iron gate fence uh, and then curb stomped as the Punisher jumps off the roof as well. So there is that blood, that gore that you want. Jigsaw is very much a caricature. It's almost kind of like they were going for that Joker vibe with him. But Garth Ennis also is known to write over-the-top characters such as that. So it was playing to it. The violence was over the top. Uh, you know, the only person really who wasn't over the top in the film was the Punisher. And Ray Stevenson is a tremendous actor. Uh, he's done some tremendous work in a lot of things. And I think as a guy who's battle-worn, who's grizzled, who's kind of coping with his conscience and like struggling to see if what he's doing is actually right after all. I think there was a good undertone to his character in addition to just blowing villains away. Uh, I think the action scenes are top-notch and it's a movie that anytime it's on, I will leave it on. I've sung its praises in my No Surrender Cinema column. I've talked about it in passing. We've talked about it off-air. And I will stand by the fact that out of everything Punisher that we're going to talk about, this has been my favorite adaptation of the source material thus far. Chad Cruz, your rebuttal. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start here. Ray Stevenson, I love him as an actor. I think he's done a ton of great work. And, and in fact, I'm, I'm doing a rewatch of uh, HBO's Rome currently. It's going to take me about six years, but I'm going to finish it eventually. Um, and I've never seen him so uncharismatic as he is in the pun in Warzone. He's just not likable in any way. And the Punisher, 
okay, like I, I'm not expecting him to tell jokes and you know do a dance, but uh, he just he just gives you nothing in this movie. He's just there, wearing his big stupid vest and barely moving uh, until he's spinning upside down in circles. Um, Jigsaw as a villain, yeah, he's out, he's over the top. He's very cartoonish. He's like a '60s Batman series like villain. Um, his face is all fucked up, but I don't really understand how his wounds got that way. Like his, he fell into a thing, but only his face is wounded. Like, give me a break. It's bad. Uh, he's crying because of his wounds and he's got a little brother and he's a little pussy. I can't stand Jigsaw. Doug Hutchison is like the tough guy in it. He's like five foot two. Uh, he's a pedophile. I don't know. I, I got to pass. Well, uh, let's be, hold on. He's that in real life, not in the movie. <laughs> yeah, in real life. But I can't, I can't separate the two. He's cannibalistic in the movie, but he's an asshole like that in real life. But in in the movie, he's cannibalistic, and he he has like this terrible line about like eating kidneys or something. It's just like to me, like it, you know, you got Ray Stevenson. He's a big dude. If of any of the guys here, if I were going to fight them all. He would probably be the last one I want to fight. I'd probably fight Dolph before I'd fight Ray Stevenson because he's a big, thick dude when he's making Dol- this. Dolph's got a bum wheel right now too, so that's easy. And he's like seventy, so I definitely probably picked Ray Stevenson last. And and like I said, having watched Stevenson in Rome and and just knowing like what he could do and and how charismatic he is, I watch him in this and I just think he's just like a, a shell of himself. And he has like a there's like a kid and it's like a lame kid and he's like trying to connect at some point. It's, eh. And then of course you talk about the action. The, the, the action is, is by far the best thing in the film. He kills people in a million different ways and it is fun to watch. And it's, it's almost like watching. I love uh, Clive Owen and shoot him up and war has got that feel to it. It's very comic booky in the way that it like over the top kills everybody with, you know, a million bullets, whatever. You know, I complain about that, but in a comic book movie, you're going to get that. But um, I don't know. When I think of Punisher, I think of like gritty, vigilante, badass, and Warzone. Just, there's just too many X's and not enough checks. Uh, I've never seen Warzone, and here's a fun story for everybody. I actually had a copy of it. Chad Cruz drove up to my house, took the copy from me, and threw it away. Uh, so I never got to see it. You're welcome. But, but Ryan, Ryan Campbell, uh, right. have you seen this movie? Can you be the deciding vote here? I got to break the tie. All right. So, yes, I have seen this one. And I really liked it as well. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I, I see all the points that Chad's making in regards to kind of a narrative and story-wise. But I also appreciate when a studio is very upfront with what their movie is and when they deliver upon that. And I felt like leading up to Punisher Warzone, they were very clear what it was going to be. It was going to be rated R. It was going to look like it was ripped straight from the comic panels. It was going to be very action focused and they delivered on all that. I feel like it was exactly as advertised. Um, but as, uh, as you know, both my colleagues have said, it looks like you're watching a comic book. Um, and, and as of the gritty parts that Chad was talking about, for me, the Punisher I grew up with was in the 90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon. So it wasn't a gritty. It was, you know, the blue, the blue outfit and driving around in his van. But that's not, that's <laughs> not what it's based on. 
<laughs> I know, but that so that that was like what I had seen as Punisher. So when this came out, it was like, oh, sweet, this is badass. So, so Ryan, you're you're either with me or you're with the pedophile. That's what I'm saying. Oh man, don't wow. That. What does that say about me? <laughs> I, was, I got a win here. Chad plays I dirty. I got to play dirty, Chris. He's a dirty debater. He's also I a see as Michael Jackson's off the wall playing in the background. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, what, what's what are you saying about Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. Don't talk shit about Michael Jackson. My brain on here. He'll go crazy. <laughs> I'm moonwalk all over your ass. No, I don't. <laughs> the whiz man. Another element though I liked about it was the potential that it didn't really deliver on was the whole Marvel Knights thing. So, kind of an interesting backstory with this. This actually came out the same year as Iron Man. That would go on to launch one of the largest entertainment franchises of all time. So. I mean, you, there's an alternate reality where, and theoretically, this is part of the MCU. I mean, it was in that first batch of Incredible Hulk uh, before the Disney purchase where you, you had kind of the MCU groundwork laid, but they were still putting out these movies through independent studios. And the idea was is that Punisher Warzone was going to launch the Marvel Knights uh, uh, side of this Marvel Is, is that anything like Baywatch Knights? Ooh, Not at all. No. I mean, if the, if the urban heroes of the Marvel universe move to Hawaii, then yes. Oh, I I'm with, with just hard go, R's with with a hard R. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna is that like a rolling R? I'm gonna say that thank God this didn't launch anything and that it died. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> it's just funny to think about history wise that like this was at the same Comic Con at with Kevin Feige and. You know, Robert Denny Jr., Chris Hemsworth, when they announced like Thor. I mean, like it, it was like right there, and then just was right before Iron this, Man took. Over. This was this the was last when the rumor. Now, see if you remember this uh, kind of like pretty you know uh, consistent rumor at the time was that they were going to relaunch Daredevil with the Born Again storyline, which happens to be one of my favorite storylines of all time. And Michael C. Hall, who was riding high on Dexter, was going to be right. Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. Yeah, that was, I mean, because when they announced Marvel Knights as being like the R adult version of these movies, the the next thing that everyone initially thought was, of course, Daredevil. And I would assume that shortly after this has been Disney about Marvel and, and the idea of a hard R Marvel Knights run ended at that point. And you know, that's how it became the bastard child of the whole thing. But and, yeah, I mean, the next one would have been Daredevil. So this is the, the final film before Marvel like chopped its own balls off and sold itself to Disney and just uh, made I mean, the same Hulk, film 25 Incredible times was, in a row. Yeah. Incredible Hulk was still released under universal. Um, but that was the last one. And I'm pretty sure the purchase had already happened or at least was in the works when incredible well, Hulk, Hulk was made. before this one. Hulk was the summer of 08 and this was the end of 08. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this would have been the last one before the Disney purchase. Yeah. The end of an era and the start of another. Yeah, an arrow that couldn't even get off the ground. But it would have been interesting to see what they would have done with a hey, which is kind of funny because then years later, what would Marvel do? They would take the street level underground hero element and make it more, you know, adult, gritty with the Netflix series and do Punisher, Daredevil, and all that kind of stuff. So sounds it's kind of like funny a, they eventually got back around to it. Sounds like a potential what if post, if you ask me. <laughs> I'll get right on that. I'm sure Lexi Alexander would love to revisit uh, something with Disney and Marvel. Okay. Moving on. Do like a <laughs> Punisher uh, multiverse of madness where all these different Punishers come together. 
Well, Punisher came back in 2017 in series form uh, for Netflix, November 17th, 2017. And Ryan, I know you covered uh, some of the series for BulletproofAction.com. What can you tell us about the Netflix series that is now, I believe, available on Disney Plus? It is, yes. So, yep, um, starring uh, John Bernthal in the height of all of his powers coming off of The Walking Dead. And, I mean, it seemed like a perfect fit at the time. He was not overexposed. He wasn't in a ton of stuff, but had named some cachet, uh, especially in regards to I love the focus of making a, a TV series. That seemed like a, a really cool fit. They'd already established, like we were saying earlier, Daredevil had already been running for two seasons. Um, you know, they introduced Frank Castle in that second season of Daredevil and then led that into its own series. So like everything was lined up perfectly for it. Um, it's a much more introspective approach. You know, of course, being a TV series, you can do that across, you know, I think it was 26 episodes for the whole run. Um, so you get to take a little bit more in-depth look. They make a few changes of him being, you know, ex-military and it allows them to kind of dive into some more aspects of, you know, PTSD, how soldiers were treated coming home, all those kinds of things. So um, it definitely opens up a lot of a lot of angles, making it a TV series as opposed to a movie. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Chad, I know you saw some of this. Uh, I did. Yeah, there was a great hallway fight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, a Netflix series without a hallway fight. Yeah, Netflix loves a good hallway fight. And I, I know I watched the first couple of seasons of Daredevil when it first came out on Netflix and, and uh, caught Frank Castle and John Berthold's portrayal of that. And I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I did not watch the series that they did after that, uh, mainly because I just I, I just don't have as much time to watch series. But uh, I did enjoy him on season two of Daredevil. And uh, I don't know... You know, it's it's weird because having a series with uh, a dozen episodes or more is very different than having a two-hour movie. And, and we can all debate about which movie we like better and for what reasons and whatnot. But with a series and you have 12, 13 hours, you can talk about not just who the Punisher is, why he's doing it, but like what has created the Punisher. And, and the TV series with John Berthold has probably had the most – uh, opportunity to get into, you know, the PTSD and, you know, he lost his family and he's just like a pit of despair and all this shit. So it, it's got so much more time to do that. So it's probably the most in-depth on the character um, and the comics been doing it for 30, 40 years. So it's probably as close as you're going to get to the comic as, as any of these characters actually is. Chris, uh, did you watch the, the series? I did. I enjoyed it. There were times where I felt it got a little too, heavy for a comic book series um obviously the punisher being one of the more mature characters i think that some of the whole grief and angst and ptsd like i understand you know the age we're living in putting a focus on that um you know even through a form of entertainment is kind of cathartic cathartic for some people i think that there were certain episodes where it kind of dragged it down it was a little slow but when the show really got going and got to the heart of the story it was a really good show and Bernthal did a really good job you know, I am as we're talking about what just happened, uh, the Punisher. I'm surprised Canon didn't get their hands on the Punisher. Oh, another what if? No, what they, if number two? When they were running, project. because again, the Punisher is perfect for a lower budget production because 
He doesn't have to fly. He doesn't have to have webs shoot out of him. He doesn't have to turn into a big green monster. He's just a guy going out killing people. So, you know, it would have been perfect for them. Uh, but instead, they were trying to get Spider-Man and uh, all that. And, it never and have Spider-Man out. actually be a Spider-Man. Yeah, it never got off the ground. So, I mean, uh, at the time, they, to their in their minds, before, at this point, comic movies weren't guaranteed, you know, big money. They probably thought, I mean, we can pretty much make that movie and just not call it Punisher. And it'll, you know, we've probably already done that. So let's try yeah, to do something different. Was, it, yeah, they, they definitely had vigilante movies, Ryan Campbell, uh, at Canon. I, yes, I think that was a speciality of theirs. Uh, they had a, a few, and they may have had the greatest vigilante movie of them all. It's called Death Wish 3, and it's from 1985. It's a fine film. It is a masterpiece. It put a whooping on me this week. It is one of the reasons Charles Bronson had 987 points in the Bulletproof Gladiators last week. Death Wish 3, Death Wish 4, and his birthday? Screw you, Rogue Squadron. You were dead in the water like day one. I didn't have a chance this week. No, you had no chance. No chance in hell. And I see we've lost Chad Cruz, but we'll continue on. Any uh final... Being the big Punisher fan, how would you rank all these Punishers, Chris? Series, uh, the movies, give us your top four. I think that personal opinion, I would have to go obviously with Punisher Warzone first. Uh, I stand by my sentiment on that one, uh, followed by the soft spot I hold for the Dolph version. Then we'll go with the Netflix series and the Thomas Jane 2004 Ooh, you version. Go, you, you, just, you are just challenging Chad Cruz on both fronts. Number one, you love it and you, you put his at fourth. Chad, you're the only other person who's seen. Well, you haven't seen the series either, so yeah. Chris is the only one who saw everything. So he's the only one who can rank them all. Well, you know, I can rank him either way. But thank you very Go much. Go for it. Go for it. Rank uh, it then. Well, I, my ranking is a little bit different because it, you asked for a one through four, but I, I can't do that because uh, John Bernthal's version I, I do love because it has it's a very in depth dive into the character because it has. Like Ryan mentioned, like 20-some episodes, 26 episodes or whatever it was. Uh, that's a lot of hours to spend on a character and uh, and who he is and why he is the way that he is. And and uh, we are living in different times than, than we were in 89, so it's changed. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a very in-depth dive into the character. It's great. Uh, the 89 version is, is violent, and it's exciting and fun, and Dolph Lundgren's awesome, and Louis Gossett Jr. is awesome. Fantastic movie. 2004 film is is my number one movie because I think it's uh, when when I have a, a list of 10 items that I want to see in Punisher, it has the most of those boxes checked, including the skull, just what I needed to see from Dolph. I didn't see it. Uh, Warzone is, is uh, garbage trash piece of shit. <laughs> so it, all it would really take is a little CGI magic to put that skull on Dolph. 100%. And and that would become your favorite? By, yeah, by a lot. Okay. We'll have to see if uh, somebody like Vinegar Syndrome or something could do that. Uh, I don't know. All right, Ryan Campbell, did you want to take a stab at it? I know you didn't see the the first one, the best one, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. So just to give, I guess, to, to round it out and make us all different, I would probably go Netflix series first. And then I'm going to go 
just narrowly, I think I'm going to go Thomas Jane ahead of Warzone, and then I have to put the Dolphin last because I've never seen it. But so we all have different rankings. My ranking would be the Dolph one, the Dolph and Lewis Gossett Jr. one, the Lewis Gossett Jr. one, and then mm-hmm. 2004, uh, Thomas Jane with Kane's theme amongst the <laughs> many rockin' soundtracks. All right. Well, there you go. Any any other final Punisher thoughts, anybody? Chime in if you want to. So, Toy Man, what's your thought on uh, this Punisher making his way to the MCU, which is pretty much all but confirmed at this point? I am very interested to see how they work the, uh, the tone of the character. Because, I mean... You know, we've seen obviously some doom and gloom, but everything's always tied up with a neat little bow in the actual MCU. So it'll be interesting to see the interplay between characters, because I think that a lot of the mainline Marvel characters are kind of like, you know, they all have like that fun loving, like, you know, that true heroism type of side to them. So it'll really be interesting to see how they get him in the mix. I mean, I think Brenthal is capable of anything. I don't think that they'll completely change the tone of the character. I just don't want him to see, I don't want to see him get softened up the way the Thomas Jane version did. Yeah. I think the, the daredevil series um, born again, that's coming out will probably give us a good barometer. on what to expect because how different it is. I mean, with of course, with the Kingpin coming back and, so how different that series is from the Netflix daredevil might give us a little bit of a, of a, sneak peek at what to expect with, you know, when they bring the Punisher in with all these street, this new street level heroes they're doing as they've reset Spider-Man a little bit. And now we've got Daredevil and we'll have Punisher and all this other stuff coming back together. Now, did you watch She-Hulk? Did you see Daredevil and She-Hulk? I did. Yeah. And I really loved it. I think the, the exploring the more playful side of Matt Murdock as, as most of the internet was calling the slutty side of Matt Murdock was <laughs> interesting um, and I, and I think he can play both. That's the beauty of comics. And, and, and I think people need to get away a little bit from like, you could have characters running in multiple books at the same time, where in one, it is a more, you know, very serious approach. And then in the next one, it's a little bit more lighthearted and a break. You know, they do that kind of stuff all the time in comics. You've got the same characters having all kinds of different, um, you know, ways that they interact, especially when they're interacting with other heroes. So, um, I enjoyed it. I really liked She-Hulk for what it was. Um, so I think we'll, like I said, I think we'll know a little more once the Daredevil series comes out, how they're going to handle it. Yeah, see, I really like She-Hulk too. Like to me, She-Hulk was kind of like uh, the MCU's version of like The Office or Parks and Rec, kind of that fourth wall breaking meta humor. Mm-hmm. You know, I like some of the in-jokes. I mean, the Hulk is my personal favorite hero out of any comic book label or film series or whatever of all time. So obviously She-Hulk having the tie-in has become a favorite character through the years. I liked seeing Daredevil there. Obviously, they kept him with the tone of the show. And like you're right, like in the comics, Matt Murdock is a bit of a playboy at times, almost like Bruce Wayne-ish with the way that he can be this kind of tortured soul, but also be this man about town in ways. Uh, I just hope that if they do anything with the Punisher, I don't want them to handle him with kid gloves because I'm not going to be that, you know, intense about it. But I don't want to see them doing like a Guardians of the Galaxy Punisher crossover or a She-Hulk thing, at least not at the start. Like I would like to see them lay the groundwork for what the character is supposed to be before they kind of branch off or try anything different. I do think a, a, a John Bernthal like straight man Punisher bouncing off of Tom Holland's Spider-Man could be could 
give us some potential really good entertainment. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I was going to tell you, Ryan, I've got an inside guy at Disney. And he's uh, inside the Disney store right now and he's going to make a purchase for Chad. <laughs> a baby Simba character. Um, <laughs> and he told me, uh, this is breaking news here on the Bulletproof podcast, that the Daredevil Born Again storyline is actually about Matt Murdock transitioning to becoming a woman. So, all right. Okay. Uh, it's going to be different and it's exciting. It's going to be new, groundbreaking stuff. Chad is trying to gain that woke audience for the Bulletproof Action Podcast. Yeah, I think we, like, we are, lack- like we are 50, lacking in that. 50 minutes into the podcast. Because nothing brings the woke to the party <laughs> like the Punisher. <laughs> they love that skull, don't they? Yeah. You see that skull on all kinds of you know liberal vehicles. <laughs> Despite the source matter, <laughs> I think Jack Cruz has just skull fucked this episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. But Thank uh, you. that's all right. It's all right. All right, guys. Uh, anything else before we go to commercial and come back and do some Bulletproof Gladiator business? Oh boy. Anything? Anything? No, we're good. We will be back, and we'll be cutting some people, drafting some people, and getting our Bulletproof Gladiators on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, the Toy Man, Christy Petrillo, and Ryan Campbell back with you. And as promised before the break, we are going to be doing some Bulletproof Gladiators mid-season supplemental draft. But before we draft, we got to do some cuts. And I think I'm going to start us off because I am going to make two cuts. And the first one, because he has been quite disappointing to me all season long. I am going to terminate Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. He's gone. Hasta la vista, Arnold. You're done, sir. Across the bow. I don't need you. You are not needed. You can go. If any of you gentlemen would like him, he's he's a great guy. All right. My other one I'm going to get rid of is the notorious TIG. This was Mm. kind of always known uh, from the start. We, we got him in when Cobra Kai was there. We got him in. We had Excessive Force uh, podcast. But now he's served his time. He's done his thing. It's time for him to move on. So TIG and Arnold are my two cuts. Okay. Chad Cruz, are you cutting anybody? I am cutting. I'm cutting two as well. Okay. All right. Uh, let me gladiate this shit real quick. So first <laughs> off, as you said with Arnold, sometimes people just need to be put out to pasture. And I'm doing that right now with Tom Cruise. Oh, the namesake. Namesake is gone. It's time it's to It's like go. when Paul Brown got kicked out of the Browns. Yes. And went down to Cincinnati. Disgusting. And, you know, with, with Tom Cruise, he only makes like, what, one movie every two years? Because he's like flying in space and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So I just don't have time to wait for him to, to come out with something new. So he's gone. Uh, number two is a person I like to think of as 
the modern day Tom Cruise, or he's trying to be Tom Cruise anyways, it's Chris Pratt. Get out of here. I'm done with it. Good. Goodbye. Uh, Ryan Campbell, are you cutting anyone? I'm cutting too. Yeah. I'm cutting too as well. Get some of the dead weight off this team. Um, maybe another, uh, big name that you wouldn't see on the bench, but like you said, his imposters are doing more work than he is would be Bruce Lee. Goodbye, Bruce. Well, you always remember you, Bruce, but you didn't have that many movies, sir. No, I don't think I even played you one week. Uh, the other was a strategic play from the beginning. He served his role, got me some points early on, would be Sean Connery. Another legend of, of the action industry gone from the room. He did his work. When he did. He, 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 good he's there. the reason you beat me that first time we, we met. Uh, he, he was the difference maker. All right. Now, Toy Man, you can only cut two. Uh, <laughs> this may you may have had the toughest decision on who to cut and who not. Yeah, and uh, you know I know who you should keep, but let's see what you come up with. Who are you cutting, or are you keeping everybody? Are you happy with your two and seventeen? Oh no, I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. I am going to uh, take the transporter and transport him to the cut list. Nice. So Mr. Jason Statham is gone. Get out of here. And then uh, in addition to those snakes, uh, Samuel L. Jackson can get off my motherfucking plane. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm tired of being 2 and 17. 2 and 17? That's what you said earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's playing off what you just said. We all accepted it as actual truth. Yeah. It may as well be. <laughs> exactly. It may as well be. And uh, I think that uh, what they bring to the box office, they are not bringing to the Avenging Ninjas. So off they go. Well, there you go. I like it. Ruthless. Ruthless aggression. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to tell you this before we get into our picks. I'll tell you who Arnold would have been saved, but freaking treat Williams. Came from out of nowhere. He wasn't even a pick of mine. He was my computerized pick. And I'll tell you what. What a treat. Uh, he has been quite the treat for my team. And I'm going to just keep playing him as long as he keeps putting up points. And he may be warm of the bench here eventually. But for right now, treat is in. I like it. And, that, and that's what we have here. Because we don't know what's going to happen from day to day, from week to week. These guys, you know. Uh, a lot of them aren't putting out movies on a weekly basis. So uh, a, a film plays at, at a random time on a random new uh, movie channel. All of a sudden it gets a ton of hits and that guy shoots way up in our standings. Yep. So you never know what's going to happen. It, that's Yeah. Sometimes we could kind of like, you know, obviously Casper's got a new movie coming out. We can assume that should do well, but you never know that either. There's yeah. never a guarantee in this yeah, bulletproof. I'm, I'm going to write it. Business. So. That's true. You you are often the kiss of death. Um, all right, Toy Man. I think since you are in the last place uh, in the standings, you get to pick uh, in this draft. So who who do you have in mind? I mean, I thought about it, and I need uh, you know I need kind of a ringer, uh, a renegade, if you will. Uh oh. And I think that. Uh, Double L, Lorenzo Lamas, 
should hop on his motorcycle and ride on over to the Avenging Ninjas roster. Beautiful. Take your shirt off, Lorenzo, and get to work. That is a handsome man. He would play skins if if this was shirts and skins. Oh, for yeah. sure. Him, I'll be on his team. We're flying over in his helicopter, too. See, we got rid of the snakes on a plane to get the snake eater. Nice. Oh, very nice. Very Clever. nice. All right, Chad Cruz, do you have somebody in mind? Yeah, I'm going with uh, a man who been around a long time brain he's not a new guy he's not uh an in guy he's not a hip guy but he's a guy who's made a lot of shit his name is mel gibson oh boy yep that's a big one yep i know all right well you know there are two times that chad cruz defeated me uh and both times is because of scott adkins Mm -hmm. you're welcome if Vincent Kennedy McMahon has taught me anything, he taught me if you want to beat a billionaire, you become a billionaire yourself. So if I want to beat Chad Cruz, I need a UK-born martial artist myself. So I'm picking PM Entertainment's poster boy, Mr. Gary Daniels. Wow. Gary Daniels is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Is gonna you, win you better you better be careful what you say because oh boy. remember some of us on this squad know what the fuck we're doing and we know what we're writing about thank that's you that's true i haven't planned anything i plan everything ryan campbell yes probably so... feverishly just scrolling <laughs> through bulletproof action trying to think about <laughs> who the hell he could pick here well the nice thing or is... maybe he'll pick some of these cut people what what you I, got for us? I thought about it. I may actually. Well, well, I'm I'm changing up some stuff here, but I'll tell you one thing. When you're the leader and you have a nice position like I have, when you're number one in the division, you can take some flyers. You can take some chances and see what happens. So, gentlemen, Uh-oh. Hollywood is coming to oh. bulletproof action. That's right. I'm going to take N.T. Rama Rao Jr., or if you want to call him N.T.R., that works as well. Star of the hit uh, Bollywood film that I will be reviewing for Bulletproof Action, Triple R, and uh, maybe some other. You might we might get all kinds of Bollywood movies oh, here. Oh jeez, now it's going to oh, be Lord. customers also watch Cruz over there. Just keep <laughs> doing the same guy over and over. Well, Tap potential for our website. You know we've we've done a lot of work in the kung fu in the past year and a half, and we've you know just about ran in, that well in the kung fu. You sound like somebody's. You sound like somebody's grandma. Are you doing? Are you doing the kung fu? You you should take computers and be a rich person. Learn computers. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest, grandma. When he was saying that, I thought he was gonna pick Tim Thomerson because that felt like a Tim Thomerson. Oh yeah, but he went Uh, with somebody else entirely. (laughs) Tim Thomerson would have been a good pick. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, NTR, NPR. NPR. Um, okay. That, I put that down. I'm glad you, because I couldn't spell that. I'd have yeah, to look that NPR. up. I'll look that up. All right. Well, we got uh, two, another pick. Each of us got another pick. So now you should uh, do a rundown of who everyone's got so far. Remind everybody who we've got before our last picks. The entire team or just what we've got? What do you want me to do, Toy Man? <laughs> I mean, I would just, you know. Run down everyone's roster. Remind everyone of like who we awesome. we should have done that before both picks. Uh, pr- 
Well, I told you to prepare me for this, and you didn't. Okay, well, all right. Well, the Avenging Ninjas now have Michael Dudikoff, Sylvester Stallone, Don the Dragon Wilson, the Lady Dragon herself, Cynthia Rothrock, Billy Blanks, Martin Cove, Chad Michael Collins, and Lorenzo Lamas. The cruise missiles have Keanu Reeves, Dolph Lundgren, Clint Eastwood, Scott Adkins, Ming-Na Wen, Sonny Chiba, Michael Paré, and Mel Gibson. The Brainiacs have Charles Bronson, Chuck Norris, Steve James, Karina Everson, Michael Wirth, Casper Van Dien, Treat Williams, and Gary Daniels. Europe has come to the Brainiacs. And then we've got the number one team in the league, the Rogue Squadron. We've got the newly drafted NTR, Bruce Willis, The Rock, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Liam Neeson, Mila Jovovich, who never plays, Diego Luna, (laughs) and Kurt Russell. And now, for the final picks, we start with the Toy Man and who will be in The Avenging Ninjas. Well, I thought about, since uh, I know that JCVD has proven fruitful for Mr. Campbell quite a few times, Mm -hmm. who's the biggest, baddest, badass rival of JCVD in multiple films and also co-stars with some of my favorite people like Martin Cove in certain films? Oh, boy. I'm going with Big Bolo himself, Mr. Bolo Young. I'm going to have to do some research on how many movies he's been in. All right. That's a big one. It's a magnificent pick. I love it. It's as big as his pecs. That's a huge pick for you. Big pecs. Is that the sequel to As Good As It Gets, As Big As His Pecs? Yep. Good peck dancing there. Oh, yeah. Dirty dancing, peck dancing. Make them bounce, baby. All right. Chad Cruz, who are you going to pick? I am also going to make a selection of a person that I'm a, a big fan of. I've been a big okay. fan of him for a long time. This isn't just a pick to to get the uh, cheap points or cheap, you know, post clicky clicks. This is a guy that I've followed for a long time. And uh, I'm really looking forward to him responding to us on social media. Uh, his name is Jet Li. Jet Lee. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna reach out to us. He's gonna talk to us. It's even on social media. I doubt it. But so you're, uh, you're you're waiting for nothing. Well, I'm waiting for him to create an account <laughs> because he listens to this podcast. Well, yeah, I mean Jason Gedrick just got on, so I mean it's yeah, possible. Why not? His Jet kids, Lee. his kids are helping him. His kids are helping him. Jet Li, the Chinese government's helping Jet Li. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, now I'm really, I don't. Hmm. I'm a little torn on this next pick because I have two other people in mind and I thought maybe one of them would be gone, but they're not. But I guess I'll go with the person I felt bad about not drafting the first time around. Yes, Jason Gedrick. Got it. No, it's not Jason Gedrick. It is Mm. the Carl Weathers. Ooh. I did not expect you, you son of a bitch. It's because the Rocky Post. Uh huh. Yep. That's a good reason. <laughs> That's a hell of a good reason. That's why he won out over the other guy. And I will mention who the other guy is after Ryan Campbell picks his last person. Ryan Campbell. Gerard Butler. What the? F- nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. who. who I don't, I don't, he's got a movie that just came out. We haven't reviewed it yet. We'll, we'll put it on there. Well, somebody just, better. Is somebody going to review it? 
I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that, that, One of us will. Who's going to draw the straw? Look I'm not happened. reviewing a movie for him. Look what happens when you're the number one team. You're just like, fuck it. I'll just pick Gerard Butler. I was thinking yeah. my other thought was Mark DeCoscos. Not that he was going to do anything amazing, but he's got a lot of stuff on there. See, He's kind of like, in that Lorenzo Gary yeah. Daniels group where there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there. So maybe uh, cumulatively they, they can make an impact. Michael Jai White was on my list. Uh, yeah. He's made a lot of films. But uh, I'm I'm picking guys to go immediately into my starting lineup. So, all right. Well, yeah, we can uh, we could discuss that once we wrap things up here. Uh, Chris, do you want to tell us anything going on over at Figures Toy Company? Yeah, we've got some new stock right now, just in time for the holiday season. Uh, Mr. Campbell mentioned the Ultimate Referee, which is our latest wrestling figure made on the more modern, uh, highly articulated six-inch body. Uh, works with the WWE elites, the AEW figures, as well as Figures Toy Company rising stars in Legends of Professional Wrestling. He is in stock now, along with new figures from the Scooby-Doo series. The presidential series we have for the first time ever a supporting character from three stooges films available as a collectible we kick that off with lupe the wolfman from idle rumors there's also two sets of mo larry and curly based on that episode available now as well uh, we are expecting some more items in before christmas including rosemary from the rising stars of wrestling and we are full speed ahead with some upcoming wrestling figures that will be released in 2023. Uh, I have seen production samples of Louis Piccoli, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Savio Vega, Brad Armstrong, and Mr. Hughes. Those will all be out, as well as our big project coming with the one and only Mr. Jim Cornette and some affiliated people. <laughs> some people affiliated very closely with him. Uh, most people know what I'm talking about, but you will see the official announcement of that coming in the new oh, <laughs> well there you go figures toycompany.com there's a few the tom pritchard one really excites me the rosemary figure looks awesome by the way thank you um i know every time i see you guys post that i see like 10 people comment like where is it i want it so it's as if there wasn't a pandemic for two years that shut down factories what? and delete shipments no it never happened I'll tell you, you know, I, I love working within the realm of wrestling, and obviously you guys have experience there too, but there's a lot of toxicity and impatience with <laughs> wrestling fans. No. And, no. Uh, Indeed. Let me tell you something. I mean, uh, social media is the magnifying glass, and logical, well-thought-out people like ourselves are the ants when it comes to this stuff. So uh, it can be quite an arduous process, but in the end, it's all worth it because we're pumping out some amazing product. Brain, did I tell you I went to a wrestling show recently? You did. You went to a yeah. game changer. I did. GCW, man. It was fun. I had a good time. You you had mentioned that, I think, off air on our, the last time we got together to record. So, yeah, there you go. How I, many matches were without blood? Dude, I, dude, in Columbus, they must have a thing against bleeding because it was like one match. I saw a guy just barely get opened up and... It, there was there was really no there were no hardcore matches, even all the hardcore guys. I was sitting next to a dude in the in on the balcony, and he was like a hardcore dude who like followed him everywhere. So he was filling me in on who everyone was, and he was like, "Oh yeah, all these guys are like deathmatch dudes. So now they have to wrestle for real because Ohio." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." 
Um, so there was like no death matching. It was, it was, I, I hate death match. So I was fine with it. I was gonna say quite a change of pace. I'm not, I was never into the big death match. I mean, I watched the funk cactus stuff back in the day, yeah. but even like, you know, XPW and like all that early 2000 stuff never did anything for me. So no. game changer, I'll watch occasionally if they've got somebody that I like, like an up and comer, if they get somebody like Moxley on the show, but right. Well, you know, the main for the ev- most part, I'll say this. The main event was uh speedball Mike Bailey versus uh, Jonathan Gresham. So I like Bailey. Gresham is a little, eh. like I'm not sold on yeah. him. And I think he and his wife together are very uh, overbearing on social media not my favorite people to uh, see what they're up to. So they kind of uh, have turned me off to them. I mean, I think he's talented in the ring, but I also think that he's uh, a victim of his own self-hype. You're not wrong. Well, he made the PWI 500, God damn it. 500? Yeah. It's he was in number. the top 10, I think. Okay. Or 20. You should have said that. He made the PWI. He was, he was highly rated. He told Tony Khan. He, he's a hell of a worker. He has great matches. He was fun to watch. I mean, that was last year's 500 as well. I don't know about this year's 500. It's more than just in-ring work, though. We all know that. Absolutely. So. That's why our tribal chief is at the top of the heap. Thank you. I don't know what that means. You wouldn't. All right. Well, I think we uh, are done here. We've picked our people. We've talked Punisher. We've celebrated three years with Bulletproof Podcast with the whole gang. The whole gang is here. And uh, we'll be back again for more. So thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.